It's time for the number one talk show of Eastern Connecticut and Southern Rhode Island. The Stu Breyer Potpourri Talk Show on 1310 WICH. Now here's Stu Breyer. Oh, welcome to the program. Looking forward, as always, to talking with the Colonel. Rob Simmons is with us. Good morning, Rob. Well, good morning, Stu, and how are you doing today? Well, it was almost late today. I was out stuffing ballot boxes. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> how about that? I just well, got... you know, uh, it's very interesting. I actually talked to uh, Mr. Gomes. Uh, he's a Cape Verdean, mm-hmm. and uh, he came to this country as a kid. We have a lot of Cape Verdeans here in Stonington. They're very much part of the fishing community. But he he ended up in Bridgeport, went through the school system there. He's about 40 years old. He's He's a a patriotic uh, Bridgeport uh, citizen, and he's a Democrat, and he's running for mayor. He's done a lot of work, uh, uh, sort of working up through the ladder there, and, uh, and then he decided to take on Ganim, who, of course, is the current mayor, who'd spent, like, how many years in jail, seven or eight years in jail, and then came back and ran and won again. Yeah, that qualifies you to run for office, yeah. Well, you know a lot about, uh, you know, law and order and and... You know, you know a lot about the justice system if you spend seven years in jail. Uh, but but the situation there is very unusual, of course. There was a primary, mm-hmm. and it appears that a town hall employee, who is also the uh, vice chair of the Bridgeport Democrat Town Committee, uh, who works in the town hall, uh, stuffed a ballot box, not down the street or over near the border with Trumbull or some some other place. She just walked out of town hall and brazenly <laughs> stuffed a, a bundle of uh, absentee ballots in a box outside of town hall. It's caught, captured on tape. She did it first thing in the morning, I mean, 5.30 or 6 a.m. in the morning. Uh, maybe she didn't know the, the box was being watched by video, but it was. Obviously and not. So he yeah. is legitimately, uh, through his lawyers, has asked for a, a, a new primary because it, it turns out that Mr. Gannam won the primary by a very narrow margin. But it also appears that they were uh, stuffing the ballot box. So something that Republicans have complained about for years, which is the abuse of absentee ballots, the, the illegal use of absentee ballots or the illegal placement of absentee ballots, uh, something that was brought out in the Baker-Carter report 20 years ago, uh, where where Secretary Baker and former President Carter headed up a commission to look into how we can reform voting to make it more honest and, and more credible. And one of the things they pointed out in the report, absentee ballots are the biggest source of, of fraud and corruption in elections in America today. That was 20 years ago. And look uh, at the last election, during yeah. during the COVID crisis, mm-hmm. uh, there were violations of the law with absentee ballots. All you have to do is go see 20 mules. Um, which was a, a um, documentary on how the illegal solicitation, they call it harvesting of absentee ballots and the illegal placing of these ballots, uh, multiple ballots, dozens and dozens and bundles in these boxes that are scattered throughout urban areas throughout the country, or there's one in front of the town hall in Stonington, uh, how, the, how the illegal placement of ballots in those boxes may change the outcome of an election. And so Mr. Gomes, who's a Democrat, is now the victim of this process, which apparently has been going on in in Bridgeport for a long period of time and has been complained about by Republicans who feel that they're, they, they have not been properly, the votes have not been properly collected and tabulated in places like, like Bridgeport. 
Well, now Mr. Gomes is complaining about it, which is makes for a very interesting situation. Well, which brings us back to the last presidential election. You know, people say, well, Republicans can do the same thing. But, yeah, um, Republicans can cheat if they want. Mm-hmm. I mean, just just because just cause we're cheating, uh, the Democrats essentially saying, well, just because we're cheating doesn't mean you can't cheat, too. Uh, we just hope we can cheat more than you can so that we can win. <laughs> but it does so seem like uh, Democrats... This is part of the problem. This is part of the, the concern where millions of Americans feel that uh, their voice no longer matters. The government doesn't care about them anymore. Uh, the government has an open border, so we're being swarmed with illegals who are who are now going into our schools, overwhelming our schools. All you have to do is go to New York, where the Democrat mayor of New York has, has been pleading and, and is, I guess, quite angry with President Biden. But President Biden will not meet with him, uh, will not go to New York. In fact, President Biden uh, avoided going to Ground Zero on September 11th. He claimed he couldn't make it back from Vietnam in time. Well, that's that's kind of a joke. I mean, when you're the president of the United States and you fly around in Air Force One, my guess is you can go just about anywhere in the world on time if you want to. But my my belief is that he decided to celebrate or to honor the 9-11 victims in, in Anchorage, Alaska, where Air Force One was being refueled. And, oh, by the way, we don't have time to get to New York for September 11th. I don't think he wanted to be there with Mayor Adams no, of course and all not. the other folks in New York who are really fed up with this illegal alien invasion. And that's what it is. It's an invasion. Uh, if you read the New York Post today, the front page article is, is labeled Anarchy. 4,000 illegal migrants cross the border in one day. I mean, there's a picture of them in a column extending into the into the uh, into the distance and now new york now of course is a sanctuary city so we would expect if it's really if it's really a sanctuary city they'd be greeting everybody with a friendly face but in fact there was on staten island which is a borough of new york there were 10 arrests at a rally trying to block um, a shelter uh, for illegal aliens coming in by bus. So the citizens in Staten Island are saying, we can't handle this. This is wrong, what's happening at the border. And as long as it stays in Texas, I mean, I guess nobody bothers. But somebody made the comment to me the other day, in America today, every state is a border state. Every state is a border state. They're busing illegals into Rutland, Vermont, 800 in a, in a small little village in Vermont. They're busing them into New York. I'm sure they're coming into Connecticut. Maybe we haven't seen it yet, but we will. Uh, maybe you see it in Bridgeport. Maybe you see it in New Haven. Maybe in Hartford. But it, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit the state of Connecticut as it's hit New Jersey and so many other states that traditionally would not consider themselves border states, but they are border states because, in fact, we have no border. America has no border anymore. How can we be a country without a border? And, I, and the people that support this illegal invasion of our country, like George Soros, the billionaire who, who obviously hates America, even though he's made a lot of money here, they, uh, they don't believe that countries should have borders. There should be no borders. Uh, the world should have countries with no borders. Unfortunately, 
the country that he's picking on the most right now is a country that has provided him with, with asylum, which is the United States of America. And he puts millions and millions of dollars into candidates um, for district attorney who believe in open borders, uh, who believe in releasing criminals from jail, who believe that uh, you can steal up to $900 and that's okay a day, I guess, $900 a day. If you go into a store uh, in California and you steal $900, that's okay. That's, that's agreeable. You can do that every day, I guess, for the rest of your life. And whatever you steal, you resell and you pocket the money. You don't pay taxes. And, of course, you vandalize uh, and terrorize the people who are operating the stores. This, this country can't go on this way. No, I can't, this, and this I is, wish more people would anarchy. step up. And anarchists, there are anarchists in our country, uh, there are anarchists, communists, and Marxists who support this. They want this to happen. They want it to happen. And they want, then, an overwhelmingly powerful federal government run by Marxists, anarchists, and communists. They want that federal government, then, to run the states and to run our communities. You know, Rob, there must be some wonderful democratic uh, politicians who just need to speak up because they can't agree with this obviously and i wish they would have the guts to speak up on what's really going on in our country well let me ask you this uh, because i talked about a fundraising letter i got from chris murphy today and i spent half an hour talking about all of the things that he is saying in his fundraising letter that are should be issues of concern to me and none of them top 1% or 2% of concern. And the issues that are of concern to me are mentioned. When's the last a member of our delegation to Washington, D.C., our congressional delegation, when's the last time that one of those Democrats, and they're all Democrats, I mean, Connecticut's a one-party system right now. The Republican Party has been killed off by a uh, hostile media uh, and, and by the Democrat Party, essentially. Uh, moderates like myself are, are simply eliminated. Um, what, when have you heard one single one of them utter one single word of concern about the problem at the border other than that it's Trump's fault or it's, it's a Republican's fault? Very sad. I wish they had more guts because I don't believe that they all lack the common sense of that we're in deep trouble with this border and they just going along with the party. It's That's right. And when is a, when is a, and of course if you're a Republican you're labeled a MAGA Trumper, which yeah. most most uh, Republicans in Stoning in Connecticut are not. But that's what you're labeled. So it's all about labeling. It's all about misinformation in the media. The only the only media that I have any confidence in anymore is, is radio, your show, Lee Elsie's show, Frank Prosnitz, who's a Democrat, uh, down, uh, down in WBLQ. We actually, we actually, I actually get to go on a show and say what I think, and I don't get canceled out, which is amazing. Uh, but the papers, we know the print media has pretty much taken over the small town newspapers, and and most of the stories that they print are not are not generated locally. They, they come in from Associated Press, Bloomberg, L.A. Times, New York Times, Washington Post News Services. So these, these so-called local papers are really no longer local papers. They are simply um, uh, consumers of the mm -hmm. national uh, print media complex, which is, which is a, uh, almost a monopoly complex 
uh, now from the days when I was growing up, when where almost every small town had a small town newspaper. They've all been bought out. The the Hartford Current, which is the the most the oldest continuously operating uh, paper in America, is owned by the Chicago Tribune. Um, the Westerly Sun has been bought by a syndicate. The New London Day is, has closed its offices in New London and gets most of its feeds from Associated Press, and uh, the, the list goes on. And it's, it's really hard to get good information these days. But, but anybody who buys gasoline, anybody who buys food, anybody like me on a Social Security or fixed income retirement knows that this, this economy and this presidency and this administration and this country is in trouble. I just want to get back to the ballot stuffing for just a second. It, it sure. appears, and I try to be fair, uh, that it, that more Democrats want more absentee ballots or more ballots type things because it's, and, you know, and I could be wrong, it's easier to do some things that are not uh, kosher. So... Wouldn't you think that anybody who cheats when voting that's caught, like this uh, person on video, that should be a very, very strict sentence for doing something like that? I don't know what's going to happen to this woman, but probably not much, huh? Probably nothing. Mm-hmm. Who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? Who in Hartford is going to take on a Democrat employee of the Bridgeport Town Hall, who's vice chair of the Democrat Town Committee, who's doing something that has been has been complained about and alleged in the past when it's done to Republicans, but nobody cares. Now are they going to care because they did it to a Democrat, Mr. Gomes, who's a Democrat? Now are they really going to care? Yeah. Or are they going to turn on him because he ratted them out? You know, it should be a very serious crime if we want to keep honesty with our voting six. Um, I want to well, maybe take a call or two with you, too. Uh, Rob Simmons, in case you just joined us, people always say, when's Rob coming on? What's Rob coming on? So I don't want oh, oh, to rob you on any time here. I'm retired, here. you know, Stu. <laughs> I'm retired. I'm a farmer now. I just, I just uh, harvested about a ton and a half of Georgia candy roasters by hand. I know, you're a farmer. After picking 3,500 years of corn by hand. You're a farmer. I'm a farmer now. Every time you're on, you grow on people. So, so, so Rob, uh, your thoughts about uh, United Auto Workers' strike? I don't have much thought about that. I mean, I I know the deal. I know the deal. We've we've been through this before. Mm-hmm. The average United Auto Worker, when you get you take their salary and all of their benefits, the average United Auto Worker. I've heard. I don't I haven't done the research myself, but I've I've read about it in the paper. It makes about eighty five thousand um, dollars. To me, that's a pretty good wage. Yeah, and they want, what, 40% increase? They want a 40% increase, and the argument is we want an increase because the the executives that run the company are making 23 or $24 million a year. In other words, I'm only making 85000 a year, mm-hmm. but the, the boss man, the man who runs the whole conglomerate, he's making more than I am, uh, which, is, which is kind of a false argument in my opinion. Uh, to to be able to work the the assembly line, to apply paint, to put on tires, to 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 do this that and the other thing, 
uh, is a skill, but it's a very limited skill. I doubt that any of the folks that are working the line can go into the executive's office and deal with the issues that the executive has to deal with. That's point one. Point two is executive um, pay is usually based on performance. It's based on performance. If you're working the line at General Motors or United Auto uh, with United Auto Workers, uh, and and you uh, put a tire on a little bit wrong, uh, it still goes down the line, and you still get paid. I mean, if you do it every day, all the time, you're not going to get paid. You're going to get fired. But if you make a little mistake. Uh, well, you know, it'll be dealt with at some point. Maybe the dealer will tighten the lug nuts or somebody else will take care of you. You'll still get paid. But if you're the executive and you don't make a profit, you don't get the benefit. You don't get the benefit. You know, a lot of their pay is based on um, uh, extra dollars for, for profitability. If the, if the company is losing money, the executive will still get a basic pay, but they won't get any of the bonuses. So, so to, to argue that the workers don't make as much as the executives, I think, is a false, mm-hmm. a false argument. Well, I wanted when, to you, get your... when you push this issue, mm-hmm. um, that's when the executives begin to substitute uh, robots and artificial intelligence for real workers to do things that robots and artificial intelligence can do. Uh, if there's any doubt about that, uh, just answer your phone when you get all these robocalls. These these calls that come in asking for money are involving uh, robots that have been programmed with artificial intelligence to, to ask you to make a statement, ask questions, and ask for money. Uh, go to the supermarket where I used to uh, check out with a lovely lady who's now in affordable housing here in Stonington. Well, she's gone, and she's been replaced by self-checkout machines. Mm-hmm. This is what happens when you push for too much too fast, uh, and it's economically not feasible, is you phase out the human worker and replace the human worker with the robot or with, with the uh, autom- automated or autom- artificial intelligence uh, robots. Well, I'm glad I asked you that. I just wanted to get your perspective on it. You know, we hear usually one side, and uh, you've got to look at the whole picture. Let me take a, a question from our audience before the break. Hi, you have a question for Rob Simmons. Hey, good morning, Stu Breyer. Joe. What's your question, hey, Joe? Colonel, Colonel, I just yes, want to say I told Stu yesterday, when's Rob coming on? I love when you get on the show. Don't ever stop coming on Stu Breyer's show, man. That's all I want to say, baby. Okay. You rock. That's an odd question, but uh, he thanks you for coming on. Well, that's very nice. Appreciate it. And uh, always a pleasure. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to Stu. I don't go to the studio anymore because I can't fit in that little space. Oh, come on. <laughs> we, we'll, we'll make a bigger space for you. You've got to get rid of those old records. <laughs> <laughs> I never get rid of those. Oh, my God. All right, yeah. let me, a quick it's question. Like me in my library. In my office here, I got all these books on the shelf. My wife says, "You haven't read them in years." I said, "Yeah, but I did read them, and I might want to read them again." Yeah, why do we do that? Know. That's interesting. I have a bunch of books, and I said, "No, oh, I don't know." <laughs> I there. got books here that I had in college. I think we just like to look at the books uh, from well, the outside. If if you uh, if if you have uh, uh, Karl Marx's Das Kapital on the shelf, and I do, uh, you know, that's a book that has a lot of. Uh, influence uh, in the world today since we have communists and Marxists and mm-hmm. socialists all swarming around now in our own country. So reading what he said and understanding what he said is important. 
Uh, also, I have Adolf Hitler's Mein Kampf. Does that mean I'm a Nazi? No, I'm not a Nazi. But it's very interesting to read uh, Mein Kampf because Adolf Hitler told the world exactly what he planned to do. So, you know, if, if you want to know what's going on in the world, uh, if you're talking about the Chinese, you read uh, Mao Zedong's Little Red Book. You read, uh, if you're concerned about fascism or or various kinds of totalitarianism and racist governments, and you read Hiller. He's, he's, he sets the standard. But there are people like him that are still in the world today, and, and that's mm-hmm. why you have to be informed and you have to be knowledgeable that not everybody acts like your you know, little Mrs. McGillicuddy who lives next door and bakes an apple pie once a month and brings it over and asks if you want a slice. You know, the, the, unfortunately, the world is just not that nice. You know, in our country, I see all the little hints of some of those things that you're talking about in books that you read gradually, uh, parents losing uh, some of their rights with their children and these things, yeah. you know, it's evolving. Everybody should know and read some of these books to understand the possibilities if we don't speak up here. Well, let me ask you this, uh, Stu. If, uh, I have grand, my grandson, uh, my, two of my grandchildren in Boston are in Catholic schools, but my grandson, Levi, just went into... Uh, uh, public school kindergarten here in, in Stonington, mm-hmm. and, and my wife is on a school board, so she she has to deal with some of these issues. Why is it that you have to ask the parents if the children are going to get a tattoo, but you don't have to ask the parents if the children are getting a sex change? No, nothing nothing makes any sense to me. So I none of these well, things. Well, doesn't that seem a little strange? That Of course, yes, a tattoo. They're putting a needle in your arm. And so you have to ask for permission to get a tattoo. This is something that Nikki Haley has been talking about. Why is it that, that parents have to be asked if their child can have a tattoo in many states across the country? Uh-huh. Uh, and, and yet uh, the education establishment, uh, the government school establishment in, in many parts of the country is, is claiming that a child can get a sex change on request without letting the parents know. I hope the name of the next... uh, I'm not making this up. This is something that is actually being debated. And and Mm -hmm. why is it if parents go to the school board to complain about certain books in the library, as Senator Kennedy read a book during a a Senate session uh, about uh, sexual intercourse that was in in the library of a, a... public school, he was condemned for using certain words and describing certain images by reading from this book at a, at a congressional hearing, and yet the book is on the shelf of a, of a local public school, and parents had asked that it be removed. You know, what's going on here? And why is it when parents come to the Board of Ed to complain about some of these things, they are considered by, by our Justice Department to be domestic terrorists? Why is that? Why are they domestic <laughs> terrorists? I think they're citizens. I, I want the next president to have the last name of common sense. <laughs> yeah, <right>. um, <laughs> let me take a short break. We'll be back with Rob Simmons. Okay. Yes, it's always good to have fiery Rob Simmons on the program. and We'll be back in just a moment. All right, let's get back to our program. Stu Breyer with you. With the Colonel, Rob Simmons. Uh, Rob, let me take a question from our audience. I have a question for Rob. Yeah, well, more of a statement. I wanted to add to what Rob was saying. Um, While we're talking about banned books, 
and we're talking about uh, dealing with this cultural revolution we're living with, um, I, you should pay close attention to this one story. There's a graphic novel of the diary of Anne Frank, and the, the mainstream news reports it as true to the original diary. Um, but when you go digging into it, um, first off, the graphic novel depicts stuff that was like sexual fantasies of the girl. Second off, you can look. It's like I think it was Science Daily. Yes, sir. I think we lost him there. I, I, yeah, he was talking about the diary. Yeah, I heard that. And yeah. I gather it's been removed from certain libraries. Um, because she was an adolescent girl, a Jewish girl, hiding out from the Nazis. Mm -hmm. Spent a lot of time uh, by herself in a in a um, cubicle, a safety sa uh, cubicle in a house. Eventually, her her location was disclosed, and she was uh, taken out and and died in the Holocaust. So, so my guess that is that there are certain I haven't read the, the diary uh, but uh, my guess is that there are certain passages in the book that reflect on sexual fantasies and that sort of thing but the overall uh, topic of the book uh, mm -hmm. has to do with the uh, dreadful uh, criminal treatment of Jews even Jewish children uh, in the 30s and 40s by uh, Nazis, Nazi Germans, and others, and others uh, were uh, in, involved in, in this. So I was just but reading I, this morning I would that differentiate uh, between mm -hmm. that book and a book that is very specific uh, about um, sexual intercourse, homosexual sex, and things of this sort. That that is is very graphic and really is designed to, not to talk about um, sex as a romantic fantasy for for. A, from a four poor Jewish girl who eventually is killed, but but uh, to lay it out as sort of a hand a sexual handbook for kids that um, mm -hmm. maybe their parents would prefer to leave that education to the parents. Well, I, I understand that uh, a teacher has been uh, dismissed because she was reading that book, and and on and on we go. Um, well, so. you could read a book by uh, Joseph Conrad, um, which is the. N-word of Narcissus. Joseph Conrad wrote a book about a, a merchant sea trip in which one of the crew that shipped on was black. And the title of the book is The N-word of Narcissus. Also, Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn refers to N-word Jim. Uh, certain uh, books in literature written by highly... Uh, regarded authors use a language that is traditional um, and people find that offensive um, but you know that doesn't mean that the book itself should be banned it just means that you shouldn't be focusing on the use of certain language although some of those books uh, I think have been removed from libraries mm -hmm. So many books coming out, uh, you know, Thomas Sowell, who's been a writer for Great years, guy. and uh, that's the next book I want to read. I mean, his stuff is very, very, very interesting. Very good, very smart guy, very yeah. capable guy. Brilliant. Terrific guy. So, so in any event, uh, a lot of stuff going on, you know, the uh, David Collins in the day today mm -hmm. uh, has a piece, an opinion piece, where he says, maybe Orsted should go back to Denmark. <laughs> yeah, you know, Orsted is doing these uh, these windmills, and they 
totally revamped the state pier down into London to accommodate the windmills, and and uh, the U.S. government had given them a 30% tax credit on all of their business if they went forward with this program, and now they're complaining that they need 40%. They're not getting enough of a tax credit, meaning that the U.S. taxpayer, presumably, is going to have to fit more, you know, to to take more of the bill, pay more of the bill to keep them here. Meanwhile, the fishermen are upset because they're afraid that the the installation and the operation of these windmills is going to deny them access to historic fishing grounds. The Save the Whale people are upset because they think the the uh, installation and and operation of these windmills is affecting the right whales, which is an endangered species that which have been drifting ashore yeah. uh, in in numbers that are vastly greater than anything we've experienced uh, uh, before. And and uh, certain people in New London are upset that we've lost the traditional use of the state pier, which was to import and export product. Uh, and that, that that is really what it should be used for, not a single-use platform uh, for windmills, which, which are not manufactured in this country, uh, a single-use platform for workers who are not union members, and that's why the unions, the longshoremen, dock workers, are rallying at the pier. Again, front-page story mm-hmm. in the New London Day. Hundreds of union members protest stalled negotiations with Orsted on Wednesday because they say, hey, we, we're we here to work on the state pier, and now you're hiring non-union members to do the work on the pier. So. So this really seems to be a, a perfect a perfect storm that has brewed up over this whole windmill stuff, which which is uh, w- would not even be happening without massive amounts of of government funding uh, for the program, hundreds of millions of dollars to renovate the state pier. It was only going to cost what eighty million, eighty six million dollars, something like that. Now I believe it's up to three hundred million, <laughs> and, and that's uh, from the state of Connecticut alone. And they say, well, you know, we <clears throat> we got some federal money money for that under the the Inflation Reduction Act or the Build Back Better Act or whatever. Well, wait a minute, federal money is my money. I pay taxes. You know, it's a, it's as if the state of Connecticut doesn't pay money to the federal government, and so now we're getting some of that money back, and it's being spent uh, on a project that benefits one company, a foreign company, instead. Uh, does not benefit the fishermen, does not benefit the whales, and apparently, apparently, doesn't even benefit the dock workers, who are American citizens, who who are being replaced by non-union workers. And by the way, they no longer are in a situation where they can load and unload freighters, or assist in the the docking and the um, embarkation of of tour boats. You know, it was a few years ago. When I was business advocate for the state of Connecticut, we got the third largest tour, uh, tourist cruise boat in the world to come into the state pier. And people spent a whole day touring New London and Groton and going here and there and spending money and having a great time. That boat was so big that the upper mast uh, topped the, the uh, Gold Star Bridge. That's how big that boat was. It was 13 stories tall. But none of that's possible now. All of that business has, has been uh, displaced by these these damn windmills, 
which, which, in my opinion, are very, very expensive and very controversial. So, Rob, what happened to Save the Whales people? I don't hear from well, them anymore. Save the Whales people now, I mean, I've got articles on this. Save the Whales people are now very upset over the windmills that are going in on the Jersey coast and that are being planned for south of Block Island, uh, south of Cape Cod, where I guess uh, Ted Kennedy, the Kennedy family, has been able to prevent some of that from happening. Uh, their concern, of course, is their view. Of course. They don't want to ruin the view. Of course, yeah. That's <laughs> kind of ironic that, that uh, you know, Democrats would be promoting wind power uh, unless, it's in my, unless I have to look at it. Let's let the, let somebody else look at it. Uh, but no, this is this is a serious uh, uh, clash between your traditional environmentalists to save the whale folks, and I'm all for saving the whales. Uh, Lord knows, uh, Groton, New London, uh, Stonington all made money 150 years ago, uh, killing and and rendering uh, whale blubber into oil. That was the original oil industry. Was the whale oil industry? By the way, Rob, I am uh, related to a whale. My mother no. had uh, my mother adopted a whale and was paying. Oh, you're kidding! Every yeah, every month, and uh, I think his name is Kevin. I haven't heard from him in a long time, but uh, didn't he drift ashore on the on the low, wrong Rhode Island beaches? He very he might have, <laughs> but um, we haven't made a true identity yet. But I think over thirty of them have have floated ashore. Yeah. See, the 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 whales have a very finely tuned uh, system of of navigation, but also they're a very uh, social animals they're, they're very sophisticated animals we we think of them as just being big but they're they're very sophisticated big brains the biggest brain in the world is whale brain uh, mm. and all of these these uh, ultrasonic emanations disturb them and you know uh, it only has recently been um, disclosed that the people placing the windmills have to have a very clear picture of the bottom of the sound, the Long Island Sound or the Black Island Sound or wherever they're placing these, these uh, windmills, they have to have a very clear picture of the bottom. Well, they, they don't send a, photo a, a scuba diver down with a, with a camera taking photographs. They, they use uh, supersonic sonar or supersonic radar to image the bottom. But those, those uh, technologies affect the navigation system of whales, and they affect other marine life as well. So, again, this is something that may be causing these uh, unusual numbers of whale deaths off our, off our coast. Can we take a little break? And uh, we've got 20 minutes to go, so I'm going to try to get as much as we can, Rob. We'll be right back. 1042, I'll try to get in as much as I can, Rob, in this segment of our program. What did you think of the deal with Iran? Uh, we gave them you know, tons of money, which not the first time we did that. And uh, for the prisoner exchange, um, what was your take on that? Well, I, I've said it before, that if you pay money to recover, essentially, innocent people from terror states like Iran, uh, they'll just get some more. Uh, and and to me, the deal, the so-called deal with regard to Iran on the five Americans is a very questionable deal. First of all, I was told that five Americans were going to be 
released, and I didn't know who they were. Uh, and so I read the New York Times, and and here's here one of them is Siamak Namazi. Siamak Namazi. Another is Imad Sharji. Another one is Morad Tabaz. I I checked, and I don't think those are Irish or English or Italian names. But mm-hmm. anyway, they could be Americans from some other part of the world. Turns out they're all Iranians. Oh. They're Iranian Americans. They are dual citizenship. Mm-hmm. They're all originally Iranians who, for one reason or another, obtained American citizenship and then went back to Iran and then were arrested. Now, that's three of the five. If there are a total of five. The other three are unnamed. We're not supposed to know who they are. I'm told one is a woman who worked for humanitarian aid groups and the other is a scientist and businessman from California. So the so-called five Americans are not just Americans, they're Iranians. Okay? And I think and to me that makes a difference. That makes a difference of, as to what's going on with this de- deal. Now, they were released in exchange for five Iranians. The Iranians who were arrested in the United States were arrested for engaging in secret operations in support of the Iranian government, for uh, obtaining test systems for nuclear weapons, missile guidance, and offensive electric warfare, uh, for illegal, illegally exporting U.S. goods and technology uh, to support terror groups, exporting lab equipment for nuclear nonproliferation reasons, that is, uh, nuclear bombs, and confidential documents and technical data uh, that involve cruise missile research and nuclear weapons research. Now, these five Iranians were traded for the so- five so-called Americans who, two of whom we don't even know, and the other three are Iranian-Americans. So what kind of a deal? And then we throw in $6 billion. Yeah, but that's just to help the citizens. By South Korea. That's just to help the citizens of Iran, right? Oh, but you know, that's for humanitarian aid. I mean, we, we've been reassured by... Uh, here, an uh, article in the Wall Street Journal, reassured by the National Security Council official. Brent is anybody, is anybody said, buying that? Good grief. Under these terms, it'll only be used for food, medicine, and agricultural products. That would be nice. Oh, yeah, we can trust the Iranians on that. But let's put it this way. They're already spending some money for food, medicine, and agricultural products. If we give them $6 billion for that purpose, they will shift their own dollars into the development of nuclear weapons, offensive missiles, and various no. other technologies and terrorist activities designed to kill Americans. They would never lie to us. Come on. Come on. <laughs> come on. Oh, come on. Of course they would. They have all along. And, and, and you know, most <laughs> Americans are not as big a sucker as John Kerry, who's constantly going over there and sucking up to the Iranians just the way he was sucking up to the communist Vietnamese uh, during during the Vietnam era. A, a really despicable uh, behavior on his part. So when you read the Wall Street Journal, they raise the issue. Uh, what happens if, we, if, you, if you trade five for five and throw in six billion dollars? 
Iran has paid no price for imprisoning Americans and has now been paid ransom for them. It's a business model. It works. And what's going to do? They're going to pick up some more people. That's what the Wall Street Journal says. And you can say, oh, yeah, well, that's typical the Wall Street Journal. Businessmen, probably Republicans, hate, you know, don't, don't care about these people. Uh, but then let's, let's look at the New London Day today, September 21st, Thursday, editorial. Quote, miserable cycle of hostage-taking. This is the London Day. Miserable cycle mm -hmm. of hostage-taking. This article is reprinted from the Washington Post. The harsh truth is that rewarding hostage-taking breeds more of the same. Of course. That's Rogue course. states clang the jail door shut and wait for the next payoff. And they almost never suffer consequences for stealing people off the street. Now, here's, here's the joke, Stu. Here's the joke. I wonder if the Biden administration, I wonder if Secretary Blinken, I wonder if uh, National Security Council official Brett McGurk, I wonder if any of the people involved in this deal, this deal, which I consider to be a lousy deal, it's a terrible deal, I wonder if any of them have read a, a book that I have on the shelf called The Art of the Deal. Because <laughs> we know who wrote that one. <laughs> Do you think any of them have read The Art of the Deal? Probably not. I read it because, you know, when somebody's running for president, you read the book. You read the Obama book. You read the, uh, the um, uh, John McCain book. You read the book. So I read the book, The Art of the Deal. Mm -hmm. and, and the bottom line of The Art of the Deal is you, you, don't, you don't get something for nothing. Uh, what you want to get something, you got to give something. You got to pound it out and make sure there's mutual benefit. In this case, Iran got a lot for nothing. They got a lot for nothing. Let me take a. They got essentially five spies back, free of charge, for five uh, American, so-called Iranian Americans, only three of which have been identified. Okay, I'm going to take a question. Uh, yeah. What did we get? We got three Hi, named Iranian-Americans who are Iranian, one of whom has even said that he, she will go back to Iran, two of whom we don't even know who they are. Don't you think the American people, when, when you consider it's $1.2 billion a person uh, or $2.4 billion for two people that are unnamed, don't you think that, that uh, since this is our deal, don't you think that the American people should know who the two unnamed people are? Well, it, it would be nice. Let me get another quick question here. Hi, what's your question for Rob? Hello, your question for Rob, please. Hey, Rob, nice to uh, hear you again. Listen, I, I want to know, you live down uh, near the uh, uh, coast, and I want to know uh, who's in charge or how do they get away with doing, doing this uh, uh, stuff in the uh, ocean, destroying our east coast. And it's already been, uh, 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 through science, it's already been known that these 44 whales that have died in the last 12 months and washed up on shore, it's like a jackhammer in your bedroom mm -hmm. is what the noise they're hearing at the bottom of the ocean floor. No, this I... is a great a disgrace that they're allowed to put all this stuff in the fishing area of our east coast and also kill our whales at the same time. Okay. How can this be stopped? All right, we talked about that, Larry, but we'll, all right, we'll just reiterate. I am, well, he's, yeah. he's absolutely correct, and this has gone on for a while, and some of the fishermen were complaining, and so what did they do with the fishermen that were complaining? They hired them to use their boats to assist in, I don't know, touring around some of the areas there. I mean, it's basically a bribe. 
But the fact of the matter is, when all is said and done, these fishing grounds are lost. When all is said and done, the, the, the very limited number of, of Connecticut fishing families that are left, most of whom are in the town of Stonington, by the way, uh, they have nothing left. They, they're going to be like, it's going to be like the dairy buyout. Uh, a few years ago, my, my father-in-law, who had a dairy herd, was offered in the late 80s uh, money to buy the herd, to buy him out so he wouldn't do dairy farming anymore, even though it had happened on the, on the property for over 100 years. Over 100 years. And, and what's going to happen to the fishermen? Uh, there's going to be a big buyout, and they're, and they're going to be gone. And then the question is, when you come to Stonington to Mystic for the restaurant, you want fresh, how about some fresh lobster? We got some nice frozen lobster from, uh, I don't know, China. How about some <laughs> fresh fish? Well, we got some frozen tilapia <laughs> from China. Also. Right. And, uh, how about a shrimp cocktail? We got frozen shrimp uh, from, from Vietnam. <laughs> they grow it in cesspools. I think uh, you've made really, a point it's there, really buddy. Delicious. It's I, grown in cesspools. I don't have a lot and, of and time. Goes on. We lose access to our own resource. Our own resource for okay. what? For these windmills? How long do they last? Uh, I, I don't have a lot of time, so I, I, I don't have a lot of time because I have to meet a bus in Martha's Vineyard. I'm a greeter when yeah. the immigra- <laughs> illegal immigrants come over. But uh, just... Um, how long, uh, hey, Stu, how long did the illegals last on Martha's Vineyard? 37 seconds. Was I was going to say, but don't, don't people have summer houses there that are empty? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, don't they have plenty of spaces? I mean, there's all the liberals live there. Obama's got a $17 million house. He's got plenty of space, and he's got a private chef, although the guy recently drowned uh, in, a, in a pool uh, under suspicion. So let me ask you this. Uh, let me ask you this. He could have put, put at least 20 or 30 illegals there and fed them and taken, them, t- taken good care of them. One quick question, about, uh, buddy. Uh, people are saying, well, you know, we, we're dishing a lot of money out to help Ukraine. Uh, are, are we getting much support from Europe and other countries? We're getting some, not enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same with NATO. Uh, Europe has the number one interest in in uh, fighting uh, Russian. I won't even call it communism. It's basically Russian imperialism. Mm-hmm. Uh, Putin is an imperialist. He wants to rebuild the Russian Empire, uh, and 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 Ukraine is part of the Russian Empire. He's saying the fact that the Soviet Union broke up in 1991 and Ukraine has been free for 30 years and gave all the nuclear weapons back. They gave it all back in exchange for a promise that they would be safe and secure. Well, guess what? Putin invaded Ukraine. He hoped to decapitate the government in Kiev. The only problem was his his, uh, army wasn't as good as his generals told him it was. So then he had to hire uh, the Wagner Group, who were basically uh, assassins, uh, and and mercenaries to go and slaughter civilians at a very large loss of civilian life to to make any progress whatsoever. This this is a terrible situation, and and I I do believe I would rather bleed money uh, mm-hmm. to support Ukraine than bleed blood. Okay. We bled uh, fifty eight thousand young Americans in Vietnam. That's a lot. We bled, we bled 5,000 in Afghanistan, 5,000 in Iraq. That's a lot. That's a lot of blood. Uh, I would rather bleed money than blood. But at the same time, I expect Europe to pitch in with the money. And, and, and I expect Europe to pitch in with the weapons and equipment. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a fight for freedom. And when people say, oh, well, we don't know where the money's going, well, we do know this. We do know that a lot of money has flowed into the coffers of the Biden family. 
We know that. So who are we to point fingers at Ukraine and say there's corruption there? There's corruption here, too. <laughs> we, we have a corrupt president. His family is corrupt. They, they started very poor. Now they're very rich. How'd that happen? Well, we know how it happened. He said how it happened. He, when he went to Ukraine as vice president, he basically said, and he's publicly acknowledged this, and we have him on, he, he said it to the Foreign Relations Committee. I told him, you've got to fire that prosecutor who's going after Burisma, where my son works, and, and if you don't, by the end of the day, you're not getting a billion dollars in aid. And, and God, well, oh my I'd, gosh, I'd know, like to. Uh, and I gave him the aid. I'd like to if keep you all day. I don't know what is. I'd like to keep you all day, but I know That's you're. Our president. Our president did that. Time goes by too quickly when you're on, Rob. So if you ever want to do a marathon with me, let me know. <laughs> I've done I've done marathons before. I don't do them anymore. Okay. Thank you, buddy. Always a pleasure, Stu. Always a pleasure with you. Thank you very Take much. Care. Bye now. The Colonel Rob Simmons, trying to cover a lot of things with him. Uh, next hour, you'll have your say if you agree or disagree, and uh, we'll have an open topic.